My name is Keanu Williams, and you're listening to the Adelaide Lightning Podcast. And this is my player profile. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Adelaide Lightning Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you along. My name is Braden Green, and I am your host. But more importantly, we have got our first import on the podcast. It's great to have Keanu Williams with us. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Anytime. And well, where do we start? I guess we'll just start off straight off the bat. And how do you feel that you're now here to compete in the WNBL? Oh, I'm excited. Um, you know, just getting through quarantine and just the whole process of trying to get here with, with COVID and navigating through that. So I'm just thankful and excited that season's almost almost here three weeks away. So did you know a lot about the WNBL before you started? Did you know anything? Did you know anything about the club? I mean, what was it? No, I, I didn't know anything. Only thing I knew was Stephanie was, you know, the, the best player, best player in the league last year. And obviously we played together for a little bit in Seattle, but I had no um, like his history behind. Um, so I'm, I'm still learning, you know, as I go, but I'm just excited to be here. Nice. And how did the, the process come about? So did someone reach out to you? Did you reach out to us? I mean, how does that process come here to, you know, come and play in Australia? Oh, my agent, my agent, he's uh, has a really good relationship with Chris, the head coach. So, um, you know, they um, contacted each other and thought this would be a, a really good opportunity for me, especially it being my first overseas experience. So um, I'm just really excited. And Chris has been good for me so far. He's I'm an incredible person, a really smart coach, and I know I'm going to learn a lot from him this season. So what excites you most about playing in Australia? Is it just that first experience overseas? Is it something a bit different, a bit of a challenge maybe? Yeah, I think it's going to be a challenge just because, you know, I'm not at home. Um, I can't, you know, just pick up the phone and call my parents. I have to, you know, see what the time difference is. Are they up? Are they, uh, are they asleep? Um, but... Uh, it's a challenge that I'm looking forward to, and uh, I've been hearing really good things about, you know, Australia being um, someone's first overseas experience because just the people, are, they're genuine and, you know, they look after you. So that's been, um, that's what's been going on since I've been here, and I'm extremely thankful. Well, that's brilliant that you've got such a positive vibe off Chris straight away. I mean, what what do you like about Chris? Is it just the way he talks about the game? Is it the tactics that he's going to employ this year? What is it? Uh, he's a, just a basketball head, you know, and when you're playing for coaches that love the game that much, you know, it, it instills a, a passion into you as a player. So um, just from the very first conversation we had, you know, he, he told me he was going to push me and he um, just wanted me to, to have a really great first experience overseas. And that's really what I want. So, you know, our um, ideologies are like matching up. So I'm just super excited to to go out there and play for him, play hard for him. Can you explain to the fans what kind of player you think you are? What are some of your strengths out there that we'll get to see on the court? Uh, I love to like play fast, get out and run, get out in transition. Uh, I love to shoot the three. Um, you know, I, I try to do it all. I try to uh, impact both sides of the ball. Obviously, I have a little frame, so defensively, people try to you know pick on me and stuff. But I try to use my my speed and my quickness um, as an advantage uh, from what I like what I like in size. But um, yeah, I just like to compete. Uh, I love to win. I hate losing more than I like winning, so uh, you're for sure getting a competitor. And that's what the fans will love to hear, I think, just hearing that. So where did that breakaway speed come from? Was there a bit of athletic background? Did you always just like running around the house or something? <laughs> no. So uh, I have three older brothers, two of them which played football and basketball. Uh, my, my dad, he played football um, just growing up and stuff. So I've been in the sports world ever since I was a toddler. Uh, I was on the sidelines either at a football game or 
or basketball game because my dad coached my my brothers. So yeah, the athletic side for sure came from from my parents. So coming into the club, obviously, is your first time. Who are you looking forward to playing with most? Is it just creating, again, that relationship with Steph? Or is there another player that you had some research about that you were like, oh, yeah, I really want to get to know them and get to play with them, learn the team? Oh, I'm, I'm excited to play with everyone. Just from the very first time I walked in, we had a lift before practice and everyone was just welcoming, welcoming me with open arms. And um, we've just been building chemistry and it's it's a great thing to, to be around. And uh, obviously, you know, I have history with Atlanta playing uh, at Stanford together for two years. So, it's, you know, it's nice to come full circle with her back on her home turf. Uh, I know she's not from Adelaide, but, you know, just being back in Australia. So um, I'm excited about that also. Does it make it easier having those relationships there? You've got someone that you kind of know, yeah. so, you know, it makes it a bit more welcoming. Absolutely. That's absolutely. I'm extremely thankful that, you know, you guys speak English here, so that's <laughs> that's huge. And then I, I know two of the players uh, fairly well. So. so I guess, how did you go in quarantine? It can be difficult for a lot of people, and I imagine this is a new experience for you. How did you go? How did you keep, you know, mentally healthy and do all the things that you needed to? Yeah, the, the first few days were, were tough just from the fact that I was trying to get adjusted to the time. You know, I was waking up in the middle of the night, going <laughs> sleeping, you know, 3 to like 7 p.m., um, so I think that was probably the toughest part for me. Um, I think once I got, you know, my sleep routine right, uh, I got on a schedule. I was working out at this time, reading a book at this time, watching shows or movies at this time. So just creating that routine to get through those 14 days. Um, and I think mentally, I, I think I came out stronger just just getting, you know, sticking to a routine and just being disciplined. And uh, I for sure talked to my parents and my, my family and my friends back home every single day. I talked to someone. So, so that was nice. Nice. And so I'm guessing the family was really supportive of you coming out there. Did you talk about the decision about coming to Australia? Because this was a big move. I mean, it's a massive plane journey. There's the jet lag. I mean, there's so many things. What were their thoughts on the situation? No, they were happy for me. You know, my my support system back home is extremely important to me and I I value what they think and and stuff. So they were for sure 100% behind me and hopefully the quarantine gets lifted. My parents want to, you know, come out here and They've never been to Australia, obviously, so I would love for them to come out here and experience, you know, this beautiful country. Well, let's hope they get there. I mean, things are getting more positive as we go each day, hopefully, and hopefully we get to see them because it's an amazing atmosphere at a lightning game as well, not just an amazing country. Now, it, it must be said, is there a few differences that you notice straight away from Australia to America where you go, whoa, it was a bit of culture shock at any point? <laughs> no, it wasn't really a um, culture shock. I think the main thing that sticks out is just driving on the left side of the road. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes when I'm just driving today, I'm caught, I catch myself looking the wrong side. Cars are coming this way, not that way. So <laughs> just still getting used to that. But no, it wasn't a culture shock at all. I feel like uh, for, for the most part, it reminds me of America a little bit. Yeah. Does it like have a certain place in America that reminds you of it or a certain state or anything? Or is it just the vibe, I guess? Yeah, it's just it's just the vibe. Yeah, I, I think just the English speaking is really, it doesn't really you know, throw me off. I don't think I'm in, uh, you know, a foreign country. Let's get into college. I mean, it's a massive step. It's a massive system that we've got in the United States. And we hear little bits of it in Australia, but and it's something that a lot of people aspire to. And you went to quite a big, big college, you know. It is quite a well-known college in Stanford. Can you talk us through that experience? What did you think of Stanford? Did you love it? Did you like it? I absolutely love my, my four years at Stanford. Um, first off, I was just extremely 
thankful and, and grateful to have had the opportunity to not only go play basketball, but to, you know, receive a top-notch education. And um, when, once I found out I got accepted, it was a, a no-brainer to commit there. And yeah, my, my time there was, seems like it feels like it flew by. And, you know, they say time flies when you're having fun. And I for sure have fun at Stanford. Um, just the, the environment, uh, you know, the people just, you never know who you like sit next to in class. Like, for instance, um, one time I wasn't in class, but I lived uh, in the same dorm as Steve Jobs' daughter and I had no wow. idea. So you just never know, you know, who you're, you know, walk, biking next to, walking next to. So just it's an incre incredible place to be. And I was thankful to have had that experience. Nice. So can you explain what it was like day to day in the college system? Because I guess through academics is very different as well compared to the university system. So was it like get up, study, ball next time, you know, is it just exercise? What What's that, you know, schedule like for you? Yeah, um, so for the most part, um, I guess I'll take you through a day off season and then in season. So off season, you have a little bit more time just because, you know, you're not preparing for games and, and stuff like that. So like, for instance, during the summer, you know, you wake up, you might have one class, two classes, or I'm sorry, before that, you, we usually lift before anything. So you lift at like maybe 7 a.m., go to class from like maybe 10 to, I don't know, noon, have a um, two-hour practice, and then maybe you have class again. And then at the end of the day, you know, you, you study and, you know, repeat. So uh, that's like off-season. During season, um, you usually don't lift as much, you know, because you, you're already in season, you're playing a lot and um, and stuff like that. So you wake up, go to breakfast, uh, maybe you go to a few classes and then uh, you have practice, you usually practice for three hours. So that's really takes up the bulk of your day. And then maybe you have a class afterwards again and, you know, go to dinner and, and study. So it's kind of like that for the most part. Does it ever get full on? I mean, that's a big day. I mean, going from yeah. seven, I can imagine, like compared to our uni university system, that's incredibly different straight up. So do you ever like just get burnout? It's just like, this is a lot. Um, I, no, I don't, I never really had that experience of, of being burnt out. I, I think, um, for me, what worked is just having a planner writing out, seeing like what I have to do at each hour and, and following that and making sure I'm completing my tasks. Um, but I think just the experience, just being at Stanford, you, you know, it, it's a, <laughs> you're in California, it's sunny, the weather's great, you know, it, it doesn't get too hot, doesn't get too cold. So I don't think, you know, there's like room to, I don't know, I, I just had a great experience. So I never really, you know, got burnt out. Well, that's really good. And it shows that you've got great balance in your life and you should really be commended for that. So would you say you're a person who likes structure a little bit as well? Does it help you? Absolutely. Yeah, I I like try to stick to a routine um, in, you know, just in everyday life. Um, I think I like organization and stuff. So, yeah, I can't, I don't, I wouldn't have made it through Stanford, you know, not having, you know, like a planner or, you know, just, just being organized because, you know, college comes at you fast. And if you're unorganized, it's, it's going to show. Now, I mean, it must be said, you had a quite a nice college career, I think. I mean, across your college career, you hit 177 free throws out of 213. That's pretty accurate. I mean, you must be pretty happy with that. And on top of that, you averaged around 14 points a game and just under five assists. I mean, that's not bad. I think you should be really proud of that. And that's deadly accurate, I must say. I mean, for a person who could never shoot the free throw, I'm very jealous. <laughs> yeah, um, I just credit my coaches and my teammates. Um, first, my coaches just, you know, 
uh, allowing me to to play my game and instilling that confidence in me, and then it translated to you know me performing and playing well. And I tried to impact that play, you know, inspiring my teammates to do the same. So, yeah, um, that's I credit my teammates and my my the coaches. <laughs> so, do you have a favorite? like college basketball memory even? Like, do you have just something that you're going, oh, that, that, that is the number one memory from that? I'll never forget that and day. Hands down, just winning the national championship my senior year in my hometown. Um, I don't think you can ask for a better, you know, storybook ending. So um, those are memories I'll never forget. Just hoisting up that trophy in front of my family and friends uh, with the place where I grew up, where I first, where I first fell in love with basketball. Um, that's for sure my greatest basketball memory ever. Now, of course, there is a study element to the college system. So what did you study? What was your subject? What interests do you have off the court? Yeah, um, so I studied in, uh, it's called Science, Technology and Societies with a, a concentration in communications. Um, uh, I don't really know what led me to major in that. I I, I, well, I know, I remember uh, one of the assistant coaches at the time, Lindy, she went to Stanford, played at Stanford for four years, and that's what she majored in. So she kind of... Uh, I, I was talking to her. I'm like, I don't know what I want to major in. You know, into my sophomore year, and that's when you kind of have to declare your major. So she kind of, you know, pushed me towards the STS major. So, um, and it turned out to be like a really fun experience. You know, it's not really a how, how can I say this? It was like a broad, broader major where I get to, I got to take classes from different um, subjects. It wasn't just you know strictly STS classes. You know, I got to take some psychology classes, some uh, computer science classes. So it, it was nice just being able to, to pick and choose which classes I want to take to complete the major requirements. And I imagine that really, really broadened your knowledge because you're doing such a broad spectrum of yeah. activities, I guess. It must mm -hmm. have been, must really helped you saying, I know a bit of this, a bit of that, and it doesn't mm -hmm. just pigeonhole you, I imagine. Absolutely. That's uh, ultimately why I chose it. Just, you know, I had a wide range of classes to pick and choose from. So is it something that you'd be interested once your career eventually finishes? I mean, I know we go a long way from that, but is there, are you always thinking, a person that's thinking about the future, or are you more in the present? What, what kind of player do you think that is? Uh, I have no idea, as crazy <laughs> as that sounds, what's, what I want to do when I'm, you know, when the ball start, stops bouncing. Um, I, I go back and forth with a few things, um, but I, I know I ultimately just want to be happy and content with my the end of my basketball career. Um, you know, that sometimes you, I, I try to stay in the moment for sure, just try to live day by day. But, you know, it is nice to, you know, like plan ahead and, and be ready for the future. Um, but uh, I couldn't give you an answer right now what I want to do and I'm done playing. But um, I know it's going to be something fun and something something I enjoy doing. And that's such a positive mindset to have. And I think that can really inspire a younger generation. You don't have to know what you're doing, but if you have a positive mindset, you can really do anything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so talk about California. I mean, it's a, a favorite holiday destination before COVID for a lot of Aussies. I mean, the weather's perfect. You've got the theme parks. You've got a bit of everything. What did you love about Cali? Um, the weather, uh, for <laughs> sure. You know, it doesn't get too hot. It doesn't get too cold. Um, and just the, you know, just the West Coast vibe. Um, they're, they're really like, you know, chill people out there. Um the, the beaches are nice. The, the water is pretty cold in Northern California. Southern California is where you have to go to, to, to get into the water and stuff. But 
Um, I remember just my second time um, going to California was on my Stanford visit. So I'm like, wow, I'm really going to live here. So that, that's nice. That's a treat. Um, but yeah, my four years in, in California were, were, were great. I for sure want to, you know, go back. I don't know if I want to live there. It's kind of <laughs> expensive, but yeah, I enjoyed California. So let's explain, I guess, how you got into basketball, where you grew up, where your first club was and everything. So when did you pick up a basketball for the first time? Yeah, I started playing basketball at five years old. Oh, wow. Um, just in a little uh, Spurs league, uh, like a youth league. Um, my dad was a coach, and it was a co-ed team. Um, and then from there, I just, you know, stuck with it and um, got better every day. And my, my dad really pushed me to, you know, if you're going to go at this, you got to go hard and give it your all. And then I um, ultimately started playing for a new club, uh, a travel club, um, playing uh, older older girls. And I remember one of my very first um, experiences playing AAU basketball was walking to a gym and seeing a baseline full of coaches and you know I'm just I think I was in the fifth or sixth grade and I'm just in in awe of you know there's like eight games going on whistles people running and, and you know parents cheering and coaches on the baseline with their notebooks so I think the thrill of that is really what you know propelled me for to you know go go get a scholarship and realize that you know my college could be paid for just playing basketball which is something I love to do. That's amazing. And do you have many memories? Is there a, is, was, I guess, there a point where you knew that it was going to be your career? Was it, is it just going through those ranks? You know what I mean? Or was there one game where you just dominated and you went, here we go? I think there was like just a constant progression of me getting better and better each year. Um, even throughout high school and even in college, um, every year I tried to, you know, get better at something. And um, yeah, that's when I realized like maybe I can do this for a living. So we should really touch on the WNBA experience because you have experienced the draft and everything and some of the lows as well. So it's been one heck of it. I can imagine it's made you grow as a person. So so let's start from the start. Like what's WNBA draft night like? What's, you know, it's one of the biggest days in some of the people's career and I can imagine the nerves that you must have been feeling. Absolutely. Um, I just remember waking up early that morning at like 7 a.m. and <laughs> just, you know, I just had butterflies because, you know, you don't know where you're going to get drafted and where you're going to, you know, live for the next four or five months. So just the anticipation of the draft and hearing your name called, it's, a, you know, it's a, a thrill within, within itself. Um, but it was nice, you know, just to be back at home and enjoy that experience with my family and um, just seeing everybody happy for me and um, just seeing a smile on everyone's face. Uh, and then when I finally heard my name called, you know, this like like pressure just released from me, just, you know, waiting to hear your name called and it's finally called. You're like, OK, I know where I'm going and and, you know, just getting getting through that. But it was for sure a memorable night and uh, thankful that my family was there to experience it with me. Did you have a bit of an idea where you might be going beforehand? Did you get like almost no information? Were you just taking guesses? Did you did you have somewhere where you hoped you'd even go? No, I had no idea uh, where I where I was going. Um, I talked to of the twelve teams. I think I talked to like eight of them, eight of the coaches or, or GMs. Um, but I had no idea where I was going, and uh, I didn't really, you know, have a. a a specific destination I wanted to go to. Uh, San Antonio had a WNBA team in the past, but obviously, you know, they relocated to Vegas. So that was my, like, favorite team growing up. But, yeah, I didn't have, like, a specific team I really wanted to go to. I just, you know, was thankful that, just wanted to be, you know, grateful of the opportunity whoever uh, chose to, to draft me. So let's talk about the first day at Seattle, I think, you know, 
you've you've now made it, I suppose, and now it's just going, you know, in for the first day. What was that like? Was it a bit intimidating or were you just purely excited? Uh, it was a little bit of both, you know, just, you know, seeing, you know, Sue Bird, Jewel Lloyd, you know, people you grow up watching and they're there in the flesh and, you know, you're guarding them in drills and stuff like that. So there was a little fangirling, but, you know, I had to, <laughs> had to quickly realize, you know, I'm here for a reason. You know, they, they picked me for a reason, so I need to show, you know, that I belong here. Um, but yeah, it was, sometimes I had some pinch me moments, you know, I was just like, oh my God, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I mean, how did you think you improved as a player being in the big league? I imagine that was it just like tactically, was it more personally? Did maybe your rebounds or maybe even just your assist game go up? What was the biggest improvement that you saw? Uh, I think I just became a, a smarter player. You know, the WNBA is the best players in the world, um, and they're bigger, faster, stronger, and, um, you know, more experienced. So they know all the little tricks and, and, and stuff like that for, for to pick on rookies and stuff. But um extremely thankful. You know, Sue Bird has had, you know, the – She's in my eyes the, the best point guard to ever play the game, uh, women's uh, women's game, and um, just you know my me being there and being able to pick her brain and you know watch her live in person, um, that was a, a great experience for me. So it's something I'm like really thankful for. What makes her the best? She wins. She competes. <laughs> you know, she just she's greatness, walking greatness. Um, just how she carries herself on and off the court. Uh, how she commands, you know, attention and, you know, you could just tell she's a, an, an infectious player in, in a positive way. People want to play hard for her and she's just a great leader. So now now's the bit of the hard bit and now we talk about what eventually happened and it's not nice, but I think the good thing is that you've got such a positive mindset after being cut from the team and it has to be some, you know, real resilience to get to this point. So talk to me through going that process and I guess how you got over it and how it made you tougher. Yeah, um, so I actually had, um, didn't know about, there's there's a WNBA deadline. So for, if you're not um, like considered a vet past four years, your money's not guaranteed. And so there's a deadline if you're on the roster. Um, so I actually got cut the day before the deadline. Ouch. Yeah, uh, I had no idea about the deadline, so that was kind of on my end, you know, not reading, like, you know, little fine prints things. But I think ultimately it just made me realize, you know, I had a really great opportunity and I kind of let it slip away. Um, there was no, like, hard feelings or anything. I think it for sure made me grow not only as a basketball player but as a person, you know. Uh, the game of basketball, it's a business, and I think I experienced that, you know, firsthand my, my rookie year, and it's a lesson that I'm I'm thankful for. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I just grew as a as a person. Um, you know, just I think uh, this past year has been like an emotional roller coaster. You know, just winning winning a national championship, then getting drafted, and then getting cut, and getting yeah. resigned. And I've just tried to you know stay level headed level headed through it. And um, thankfully, I you know I'm here. I have another opportunity to to play basketball. I think that really speaks about your mental strength, though, if you're able to get there. And I think the other thing is you're incredibly mature to get that. Not everyone would see it like that. Some would take it personally, and mm -hmm. you understand that it is a business. And I think that's what's really exciting for the Adelaide Lightning is that you realise you've got an opportunity to improve again, mm -hmm. and it must be incredibly exciting. So is a bit of this trying to get back into the WNBA, or are you just focused like, you know what, i just got to focus on myself and the other opportunities will come with that? Um, a little bit of both. I think right now I'm just trying to, you know, focus on, you know, 
just getting better um, individually as a basketball player every single day and I have a really great opportunity to do that here. Um, like in long term, yeah, that is the, the plan to, you know, get get my name back into the WNBA, make a roster and, and whatnot. But um, I think just looking back, um, the experience that I had my rookie year, I think I was one of the, you know, more fortunate rookies to to be on a, an experienced team and just see how they operate day to day. You know, I know what it takes to be a pro, you know, how they take care of their bodies, you know, what they're eating and, and things like that. Um, extremely thankful for, for that. And I think that's what's really not really seen sometimes and people really underestimate. It was a deep roster at the time, of course, and I think – while it can be hard for rookies like yourself to get on the team, mm-hmm. you have all these experiences now. And I'm sure another team will see that one day and see how much hard work you're putting in. So mm-hmm. you should be really congratulated for that. Now, of course, this podcast is not just getting to know, you know, our players and our team. We want to get to know them off the court. So what do you like doing off the court? Do you just do you relax a bit more? Do you like traveling? Do you are you a bit of a video gamer or a bit of a Netflix person? What are you? Yeah, I like to relax. I'm for sure a Netflixer. Um, <laughs> I, I like to binge watch shows. Um, but I think I'm trying to challenge myself. Just, you know, I'm, I'm in Australia. I've never been here. So I'm trying to uh, challenge myself and get out and experience, go places and, and things like that. Do you have like a, a favorite travel destination that you would like to go while you're here? Or is there some places of Adelaide you would even wouldn't mind seeing? Would you like to go to some of the wineries or the beaches? Yeah, Stephanie was telling me about, you know, the wineries. There are a lot of good wineries here. And uh, I don't pers- – I'm not personally like a, a heavy drinker or anything, but, um, you know, hopefully I'll find a wine that I like. Um, I for sure <laughs> want to go to the zoo. No, we were talk- I was talking about that earlier with Atlanta. But, yeah, I'm, I'm down for any adventure. I have to get on those two to, to take me somewhere. <laughs> well, we can definitely recommend Adelaide Zoo. There's no doubt about that. That's great. So for the everyday fan out there, what do you think is the biggest sacrifice – that a professional athlete, you know, makes, you know, what's something that they wouldn't realize or they would really underestimate. So, yeah, what's the biggest sacrifice? Um, I, I think just the time commitment, um, you know, the, the decisions you make every day, you know, have to line, um, you know, with being, you know, an elite athlete, you know, from the things you eat, you know, what you're watching, how you're taking care of your body, <clears throat> just the, the decisions that you make every single day, uh, if there was a line with you being, you know, a top, top-notch athlete. So I guess just the decision-making and the time commitment it takes. Now, I've got a, um, a really difficult question, but I think it's a, an important question because personally it's something that I would like to understand and I think society needs to understand. So we got this one from Vanessa Devlin, who is a, an NBL, a WNBL referee, and NBL referee, of course, I should mm-hmm. say as well. And she said, you know, it, it can be difficult being a woman in basketball. It can get really hard. So I guess I want to ask the same to you. Can it get hard and why can it be hard being a woman? in basketball um I, I think it's for sure challenging just not even being a woman in basketball being a woman in, in sport um obviously we're not as athletic as you know men and maybe it's not as exciting but I think if you just sit back and really watch the women's game women's basketball you see how you know skilled and talented women are yeah we're not you know running and dunking and flying like and stuff like that but uh, I think we we're more skilled and, and more polished than the men because we don't have that you know extreme athleticism but um, if you're a basketball or a hoop head or whatever, you you know um, that basketball is basketball no matter if you're a man or a woman. What's something that the basketball community and society in general, what can we do to improve that and to help remove that stigma? Uh, I think it starts just with, you know, 
things that are said, you know, just in casual conversation, or I don't want to go to a women's game, or just the negative negative comments. Um, you know, just going to games, watching games. If your, you know, son or daughter wants, you know, to watch a women's game, take them to a women's game. Um, just things like that. Just trying to grow the game in, in those little, like, aspects, just the, the very little conversations people have. What's the biggest reason we should come to an Adelaide Lightning game as fans? Uh, it's it's going to be exciting. You know, you're going to get a show. You're going to get your, your money's worth. Um, we have a really great group working hard, trying to build that chemistry. Um, you know, we've only really had a month. We're going to have a month to prepare, but I think Chris is doing a great job of, you know, balancing us, working hard and, and taking care of our bodies and not overloading us too much. What would you say is your biggest tip for a young player wanting to get into basketball and, you know, want to take it seriously as a professional? What's, what's just a simple tip for them that you would like to give someone? Um, I think a, a, a tip is just to have fun, to enjoy the process, you know. Um, don't, you know, rush the process, try to, you know, grow up too fast. I think some of my best basketball memories are of me being, a, you know, a toddler, being, you know, that's when the game is fun. You know, you're not, you know, trying to go get a scholarship. You're not playing for money. Um, so just enjoy the process. And if you love something, put your all into it. You know, don't half step or half do it. If you're going to do it, pursue it um, hundred with 100%. What do you like most about being a professional athlete in basketball? Is it just the fact that you're playing basketball? Is there a part of like you like inspiring the next generation kind of thing? What's your favorite part about being an athlete? Uh, I think just... Mm, that's a great question. Um, I just love basketball so much. Um, it, it's really given me so many opportunities from, you know, just traveling back home before college to traveling in college to, you know, bringing me all the way to Australia and the places it's going to continue to take me to the next several years. Um, and there is an aspect, you know, trying to inspire people back in back in my community, you know, and I have eight nieces and a nephew. So just showing them, you know, what hard work can do can take you a, a lot of places. Sound like you come from quite a large family, Yeah, I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's end it with some fun stuff, I think. Okay, sweet. So, <laughs> so what's your favourite thing about Australia so far? Um, I think the vibe, just the people, you know. I haven't met anyone, you know, that's like, you know, not genuine or, you know, rude or anything. Um, you know, I got, I got pulled over the other day because uh, <laughs> uh, I guess I had uh, my blinker on or I, don't, I did something wrong. And then the, uh, the police officer was really nice to me. He saw I had a, you know, a foreign driver's license. So just the people, they're, they're really genuine. And you can tell when people are genuine and when they're not. So, um, yeah, I've had a, a great experience so far. And is there something that you're missing about America? Is there something you wish that you could bring over? Or is there something like that? Um, my family. I, I for sure miss my family. Um, like I have eight nieces and a nephew. So just, you know, seeing them every uh, every week and whatnot. But, um, you know, I FaceTime them and stuff and talk to them a lot. But, no, there's there's not really, besides my family, you know, the, the food here is great. So I, I can, no complaints there. Um, no, there's not really anything that I'm, you know, Missing, just my family. How how often do you have to FaceTime your family and I guess work out the time difference? That must be quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I talk to my dad and my brother every single day um, and try to talk to my, my nieces and, and my nephew. They call me and stuff. So just whenever they, they call. So what team did you like watch growing up? Were you like a big WNBA fan or were you more an NBA fan? What, what teams did you like following and I guess some of the players? Uh, I watched both WNBA and NBA. Um, I think just the San Antonio Stars, having them there, obviously the San Antonio Spurs are there, but my, my favorite player ever is LeBron James. Yes. Huge, huge LeBron <laughs> fan. Um, he, he's the GOAT. 
Um, but WNBA-wise, I, I loved watching Maya Moore, uh, Becky Hammond. She was a point guard for the Silver Stars for a minute. Uh, obviously, Sue Bird following her career. Um, there, there are quite a few players that I, that I really enjoyed watching and, you know, looked up to. Can you explain to me what's it like having your team move? I mean, it's a very rare thing that happens in Australia. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't see it happen too much. It has happened a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But is it hard or do you just, you know, learn to follow the team, you know, in a new area basically? Yeah, it, it was hard, you know, just heartbreaking. You know, I, I just remember always going to, to Silver Stars games and, um, you know, the fan base wasn't really that strong. So it was heartbreaking that they, you know, relocated to Vegas. But, you know, they're doing really well in Vegas. They have a really strong fan base. So the move seems really smart. Um, but, you know, hopefully San Antonio can get another, you know, WNBA team. That would be great. How can the WNBA improve as a league and, you know, become more popular? Mm. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of, you know, factors that go into that. I guess just going back to what I said earlier, just trying to grow the game, you know, just trying to get that negative, us, neg- those negative comments and stuff, like limit those or, you know, just enjoy the game for, for what it is, not, you know, what, who's playing or who, what they're not doing, what they can't do and just appreciating what they are and what they can do. Now, here's a... <laughs> He's a fun one. Would you rather score a three-point to win the game on the buzzer or would you rather block someone to save a game? Uh, I'd rather score. You'd rather score? <laughs> Absolutely. I actually have a um, a game-winning uh, buzzer beater from my junior year. Uh, it was it was a crazy. Uh, hopefully, y'all can find that clip. That would be that would be dope to we, show. We will definitely be getting that on the socials. Do you do you remember much about it? Do you remember the pressure? Absolutely. I I, I can talk you through it right now. Um, so we're actually playing an away game in Colorado. Um, Colorado was like in the middle of the Pac-12. We were at the top, so if we would have lost, it would have been an upset, obviously. So uh, we were we were down three. It was probably like thirty seconds left. We were down three. Um, so our, our head coach, he calls a timeout and, and draws a play for me to, to shoot a three. Um, I, I just remember it like happening like it was yesterday. Um, we ran the play. I got a three in the corner, knocked it down. Wow. So the game's tied. There's like 10 seconds left. Colorado's bringing the ball up the court and their post player ends up dribbling. You know, usually the guard dribbles, but the post player dribbling and she thinks they have a timeout and they don't have a timeout. So she picks up her she picks up her dribble and she's trying to find someone to pass to and she throws it backwards and I end up stealing it. And I take like one or two dribbles past half court and I shoot shoot it up uh, hoping for a miracle and that's exactly what happened. So yeah, it was a crazy scoring those six points within those what, twenty seconds. Um and just having a team, you know, storm all over me. That was that was a great experience. If anything, that shows you got basketball smarts and, you know, ice in the veins as well. <laughs> I mean <Yeah. laughs> we'll be loving to have that bit of X factor to the team. Um do you have a favorite song at the moment? Um, I don't have a favorite song. I, it just depends what mood I'm in. I, I have so many different genres of music in, in my phone. Um, I like R&B, hip-hop, country, uh, listen to gospel. Um, I don't have like a favorite song. Do you have a favorite basketball trip that you can remember that you've taken? My freshman year um, uh, at Sanford, we went to Italy. That was my first time overseas um, and it was a great experience. Just experiencing their culture and playing against their pro teams there. That was a, a great experience. Uh, I won't forget. If you were locked in an escape room, who would be the two teammates that you would have to help you get out of it? I've had some really smart teammates at Stanford. Um, I know they'd figure it out because I'm absolutely the worst at escape rooms. Um, 
I don't want to like pinpoint and pick anyone. <laughs> so any one of my Stanford teammates, um, they're they've all they're all really intelligent. So I guess yeah, throw Atlanta in there and someone else. <laughs> well, Kayana, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and we can't wait to see what you can do on the court, but also off the court. I think that's what I really get from you. Just your real. You have just such a knowledge of the game. You have a, a real passion for it, and you're just so excited to be here. It shows the mental strength of what, everything that happened in the WNBA, and you're ready to take this opportunity with both hands. So we wish nothing but the best of luck, and I can't wait to see you on the court and there, rip it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Anytime. My name is Kiana Williams, and that was my player profile. Please tune in next time to the Adelaide Lightning Podcast. The Adelaide Lightning Podcast was hosted by myself, Braden Green, and the sound was done by my good friend, Ashley McFadden. This was a Smash Known production. This was a Smashed Known production.